Well, it's a dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense, trying to tangle with us. Scoop of a big black booties in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money for such. Ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, When Nikola Jokic was was busting his ass to get to a horse race, I didn't realise it was out here. It's apparently like the richest trotting race in the world. And yeah, they tried to get him out here, but he, he did a little inconvenient thing like uh, win the NBA championship. So that was cool. Surely he wasn't going to compete. I mean, I, I think he was just going to, I think he was going to have a runner. But yeah. uh, he, I don't think he was going to do Because there's another, so I read the article that said some other really famous dude, it might, it might be a football player or something like that from Mexico or Brazil or something like that. And he, he does the, he does it as well. He, he has the trots. Of him. He has the trots. I wanted to, uh, I, mean, I was going to suggest a, a different uh, opening sting, although I did see the, the, the best highlights, best game winners and Damian Lillard got the shot off. It's good. Oh my god! And the Blazers win. You know, it was it's sort of like, hey, I know that. Oh, I've heard that tune before. Yes. Um, but I was going to suggest that perhaps a Queen, a Queen song for the intro, because to me it seems like I want it all. I want it all. I want it all, and I want it now. Is um, quite prevalent as it tends to be around, I guess, this time of year. Yes, we're just surrounded by toddlers. <laughs> Yes. And everybody's side made the best trade. Everybody won the trade. Everybody is now the presumptive favourites for their own conference and everybody will win next year. And we haven't even had free agency yet. Yeah. Today was the, <laughs> as we record this, folks, tripping, um, tripping ball, getting ahead of myself on the Bulls podcast. I'm Doc. Uh, he's Adam. Bezo is still in Denver eating Doc. sandwiches and drinking craft beer. The bastard. <laughs> Yes. And trying not to get shot. Yeah, the, today, as we record this, was the draft. And uh, surprisingly enough, Wemby went first to the Spurs. But everybody else, every other team in the association has tried to kind of build a narrative around themselves or through leaking to their various media contacts that uh, it, it, trading their best players for a bag of second round picks and a half-eaten ham sandwich was actually a really good idea. Um, yes. And words to that effect, that's certainly the, the vibe that's coming out of Washington, who have, have managed to trade... Chris Porzingis, Bradley Beal, and then Chris Paul for a grand total of one first-round pick, which is a Warriors first-round pick, so it might as well be a second-round pick. And at least, look, at least you know where to put them in the wins pool next year. Yeah, you'd know to pick fucking RKK Belgrade or somebody instead <laughs> if you- <laughs> That's right. The, who's the French team that Wendy was on? <laughs> Metropolitans '92. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they're, they're yeah. two best players of, of both in the uh, both in the league now, both in the association. Well, it's it's a halfway there, there, aren't we? <laughs> and I tell you what, shouts to um, shouts to Wemby for getting his mate drafted seventh in the uh, mm. because I mean I think playing alongside Wemby, you tend to look pretty good. And I think that young bloke actually, the Bilal Koulibaly or Billy Coops, uh, as I'm sure he'll be known at the Wizards, which is where he's ended up. Um, because they still had their own first round pick. 
Uh, I think they traded yeah. up one to get it. With a, they threw some seconds at somebody to to trade up one spot. It's the ghost of future past, or yes. you know, or whatever. What Bits Wemby, they got you know, that, this could, this could have been you, Wemby. Instead, you're going to the Spurs. Bits of bread. Well, he seems like happy the, to be there. He he seems. It's the first time anyone has ever been happy to move to San Antonio. Well, I know he grew. You know, he idolised. Um, Tony Parker. And watched uh, Tony Parker and watched Boris Tim Duncan. DL. And, you know, they, they do have a good record. And it's the yeah. same dude. I mean, mm. perhaps not the supporting cast that uh, maybe there, but, you know, free agency is an interesting time. Maybe they, you know, I well, don't know. I think it's a, just a case of he knows that's a team that really knows what to do with international prospects. And he seems to be uniquely well um, established and well organized and well prepared. He's not, he's, he hasn't turned yeah. up with a fucking stupid haircut and, you know, a huge amount of bling. Oh, he, my God, were there some stupid haircuts? Oh my God. He was focusing on the, on, you know, I'd hate to sound like a fucking Tory voting boomer, but he's, he's focused on the right things. You know, he's not, he's not getting distracted by fucking, by bling. There and, are a couple of guys there who, if I was the GM of that basketball club, I would have gone, are we drafting that guy? Not anymore. <laughs> they, all, they, they all appear to have some kind of shrubbery with with a with a snapback perched on top, which I, it was a, it's a really interesting look. There was one dude in like glitter bound red spandex. Oh, or we've got to you've got to talk about him because that is the. There were some fantastic names in this draft. You know, there were oh. there were Scoot went to Portland and Allsar went number five and Amen, brother. Amen's brother. Amen. Um, <laughs> but Grady Dick. Yeah. Spotted dick. Even if, even if, dick before you even get, before you even know what he looks like, you a dude called Grady Dick, uh, which sounds like you know. I think there was used to be a, a Twitter account that would that would rate people's dick pics. Um, you know, it was kind of like, it was it was done, it done by a, a female um, opinion writer who was kind of trying to flip the narrative on dudes mm. who kept you know sending unsolicited dick pics, and she would like say, yeah, yeah, four out of ten, the lighting was shit, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> your angle was you need to use more Dutch angle to make it look more interesting. So is that uh, now referred to as a grady dick well, four out of ten? As graded dick or grody <laughs> dick or chody dick. Um but then you see the dude and the dude he was is this guy with a preppy blonde kind of mushroom bowl sort of bob haircut like like something from nineteen ninety-three. Uh blonde, white, obviously, and he was wearing this spangly suit jacket that made him look like the villain from a fucking figure skating movie. <laughs> he looked like the bad guy from Blades of Glory or something. Yeah, yes. And yes. uh and he got he's got um he got drafted by the fucking Raptors. And there's oh, all these the photos of, of him just looking ridiculous in this suit. And somebody tweeted, this is the, the most dick pics I've seen on, on the timeline since Twitter got rid of fleets. <laughs> Didn't he say that he wanted Drake to wear his jersey or something? Yeah, because he uh, wasn't going to wear his like. fucking suit. I'll tell you that much. You blind <laughs> oncoming traffic. Yes. Oh, mind you, Drake wearing his jersey is a guarantee that he'll fail, though, because the Drake yeah. jersey curse is real. Yeah, mind you that there's uh, interviewing Wemby and there's like, oh, and here's one of your current, you know, your teammates, and he's like got this weird fucking purple queef thing going on. I was like, oh fuck, that, that was if that was the guy that met me at the airport, I'd probably. Uh, Probably catch another flight somewhere. <laughs> well, that, that was the dude who went to the, the Wizards. Yeah, but it's draft days are a ridiculous exercise because I mean, half of these kids, you know, three quarters of these kids aren't going to turn out, and nobody really uh, knows. And, and, and all, you put all these draft grades on, and everyone thinks you know there's winners and losers and that stuff. We don't fucking know. There's going to be some dude who got drafted forty third, like yeah, the kid who got drafted forty third by the Blazers, who was the the kid who played for the NZ Breakers. 
He could turn out to be the greatest player in the history of the world. He could turn out to be fucking useless. Nobody the knows. Two time MVP of the league went what at about forty five. He 46? went during a Taco Bell commercial, and these <laughs> days they they now actually tell you who got drafted during the commercials. It's like they're mm. never getting caught again by yes. the idea that, that somebody just got drafted and it ran on the ticker during a commercial for fucking a cheesy quesadilla. It gives you gastric. Draymond was a uh, was a second rounder as well, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, a lot of those. Um, a lot of those Denver dudes were. They were second round, like low second rounders. This is the thing you'd rather slip in the draft to a better team if you if you've got the opportunity to. If you're like a like the there was a kid, uh, one of the uh, Cam Whitmore, who was this a guard who um a, you know forward guard, a wing player basically, who was a sort of a top ten grade, but he slipped to twenty, and you think, well, that's fantastic because. You know, he goes a decent side. He goes a decent side, but he got drafted by the fucking Rockets. So you got the worst of both worlds. You got the embarrassment of sliding in the drafts because your salary, your rookie scale salary slot is dictated by your draft slot. So you get less money, and then you still end up at the fucking Rockets after all. So at least the strip joints are good. Dragging James Harden out of strip clubs. Yeah, at three or four in the morning. Yeah. Well, no, no. I think they just do all notice. You know, pretty much. Get the wings. Get the wings for breakfast or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You get the Lou Williams lemon pepper barbecue wings. Uh, Lou Williams is retired. Um, I don't know if he still has two girlfriends. It's literally a big stack of six man of the year awards, and the story about him having two girlfriends is about the only things we can remember about Lou Williams. But uh, you know, good luck for him. Um, the other departures: uh, Michael Jordan has sold up as the the lead owner of the the Charlotte Hornets. He still got to he still picked um, the number two draft pick before Brandon, he left. Yeah. So um, I think you fit in real well here, kid. Yeah, which and this is the kid who. Um, who was involved in his shooting at Alabama. So it's interesting, he was the only college player in the top five who got drafted. The rest mm. of them were all – it was G like Wemby's from Europe. So there was Ignite, Overtime Elite. Ignite. There was the G League Ignite. There was, you know, various other things. So there was um, – I did see as well that uh, the Mavericks were trying very hard to to please the Knicks and, and us, even though they couldn't quite do it, uh, by trading the number 10 pick that would have gone to the Knicks, wouldn't it, if they had been outside the top 12? Well, to number twelve. So they had to. They threw their chance to get into the playoffs, the play-in, in order to keep their number ten pick. So then they could trade it and, and trade down to twelve. But I suppose they wouldn't have had the fucking pick if they hadn't have thrown those games. So yeah, that's right. Um, still a bit it's, kind of yeah. They reckon that they they they're pretty happy with their draft. They reckon so. Uh, but well, who, who fucking can't, knows? Can't go any worse, can they? Like really, it eh, can't get any worse. Entirely possible. Well, it could. I mean, I guess. Luca goes down for the season or something like that, and then God knows what happens. Well, they'll end up like Washington, basically. They'll have Kyrie there, parked there for forever and until whatever, because they'll sign him to some stupid deal because, you know, Mark Cuban. Yeah, I saw him tweet some nonsense about, I don't remember what it was about. It was either vaccines or it was about that, the fucking the submarine, and I just thought, oh, my God. just some, Maybe you just focus on, on what you're good at, which is, <laughs> I don't know, being on television. Like yeah, that. that's a, that's about it. I was going to say it's definitely not basketball management. That's for Does sure. Does not to be. Although you know, he, he's not as big a loser as, as Michael Jordan. I mean, if you look at you know, for a guy whose whose reputation was built entirely on winning forever, uh, owning a basketball team has been just a, a torrent of failure. Apart from the fact that he turned two hundred and fifty million dollars into about three billion dollars, but yeah, apart from but that, but yeah. any failed son can do that. Yeah, I, I mean, Donald Sterling sold up for two billion. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, he, and that was that was him being punished. Yes, yeah, awful punishment, terrible bloody thing. One, two, three billion Cancun. That's right. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we, we were wrong about James Harden going to Phoenix though, because uh, obviously uh, Bradley Beal's going there. 
And we're wrong, we're wrong about a lot of stuff last week. We're wrong about Joe, Joe Root being washed. The only good thing, no, but you, you were right. You did, you did say, it was, I think it was in the Mew, the Mew podcast, you're like, oh, look, England will be like, you know, 400 and declare by two. You'll get 400 and bowl again, yeah. That was that was an entirely throwaway line and it turned out to be true. And how that will count for oh, you, you gurning cunts. Well, it's just as well that will never be able to be put in the podcast because it's extremely popular. We will address the uh, the the state of Ashes cricket and the state of Ashes banter, which is at an all-time low uh, later in the program. Ja Morant got his um, holiday sorted out. Yes, yes. Come up and seems a little bit you know, ripe given that he's fucking – he's getting, what, 10 weeks off? Yeah. Yeah, lovely. And, pay, and paid for it, I'm assuming, or he's already been paid oh, for well, it. No, I, th- I think, I think he, he, loses, he loses game checks. He doesn't get paid for it. Oh well, he's already been paid, really. If I mean, if you're on thirty, forty million dollars a year, then what's yeah. ten weeks off? You know, goes that ivory back scratcher. I was going to do it. So he presumably, still got his Nike contract and all the rest of it. So, and they're all whinging about that. Oh, he waves a gun, and you know, you know, fucking Kyrie does this, and he loses everything, and you know, Kyrie hasn't lost anything. It. Kyrie hasn't lost fucking anything. I mean, you know, if you're making money for people, then there's no, <laughs> there's no real loss, is there? Uh, but the, the key thing is that he, that as we said last week, Jar. Just needs to get the fucking help that he can get, you know, to stop himself doing fucking yeah. stupid things. And, and I don't know that 10 weeks off is, is going to do oh, it. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But, you know, as long as it keeps feeding the fucking – he just needs to keep feeding the meter, he'll be fine. Um, the Warriors, hey? Chris the Paul Warriors and the Warriors. traded for Chris Paul. Um, Which, I mean, is is a definite indication that they future They Warri- uh, Jordan Poole and they want Jordan to get him Poole. out of the building. Yeah, yeah. Much. In, in the argument between Draymond and – Jordan Poole, Draymond is the winner. I mean, and, and so much so that they're probably going to pay. Well, that'll be interesting because Draymond declined his player option. Yes, he did. So Draymond can be a free agent, uh, can can be can go anywhere else, but I suspect it's an interesting question because I'm not sure how many other teams actually value Draymond the way that the Warriors value Draymond. Well, th- well this was the interesting question, and I, I must admit to the independent thought before I heard it on No Dunks, but you know, he's on. I think he declined $27 million. So does that mean he, he chases $30 million for one year? Or he goes twenty five for three. I think he wants. I definitely wants that the. And this is the interesting thing with Chris Paul going there. Chris Paul is the archetype of get the length of the contract as you get older. And to mm. be fair, Chris Paul, you know, it's five years ago they were saying that Chris Paul's contract was the worst in the league because he was definitely going to fall off a cliff. He's slid down an embankment, but he hasn't really fallen off a cliff. Well, and, and really, he's kind of landed in a spot that's probably a lot better from what he, you know, because in Phoenix, yeah. he was expected to be one of the guys like, to, yeah. to run the offense or to be that, you know, 20 point a game, 35 minutes uh, a game. And he's not that player anymore. No, but he only but has to play 15 bench, to 20. Yeah, and playing 15 to 20 when, you know, and that's what they wanted is for someone when Steph's off the court, someone who can run the offense and still, you know, still got a good mid range jump shot and pass as well. And it, it could. Look, I mean, it could be so many things. It could also be an injury. In six- the Expendables vibes are over the top, though, now. I mean, it really mm. is, you know, Danny Glover, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> Just every single one of them. Well, I mean, it's the the real, the elephant in the room is clay, really. Like You can't because- make an elephant out of clay. The, no- the <laughs> trunk will be too fragile. But stuff. he's kind of expected to be the number two guy, although I guess Wiggins maybe is sort of into that role, though. You know, maybe. He kind of has to be. Yeah. He absolutely has to be. I heard an argument that that uh, Clay and CP3 would actually work quite well together as a second unit. So the idea would be that split um, Steph and, and Clay up more often and have Clay mm. play with CP3 because Chris Paul can probably create more looks for 
yeah, overlooks or more can. cuts or something like that. And Wiggins, because he's and, more of a traditional point guard. Yeah. Oh, look, it'll be interesting. It's definitely like you know, second verse, same as the first. You know, new boss and same same theory. You know, let's just roll the band back out. Well, yeah, that's interesting because we did we did sort of think that. And when I say we, I mean the raw we, the the, the podcast in general did kind of think that with Bob Myers leaving, that was probably a precedent to a tear down to Draymond not getting the offer to the end of the this generation of the Warriors. But it seems like Joe Lacob and the new uh, GM Mike Dunleavy, who you know, uh, fifteen minutes ago, I'm sure he was playing, you know, backup big for the fucking Bulls. I don't, I don't really understand how he's suddenly, a, a, you know, life is moving too fucking fast. Um, Does it give you the impression though that Jordan Poole must be a bit of a dick somewhere along the line? Like, and you I, know, I get pl- the impression that that maybe maybe being punched in the head was something that everybody else kind of wanted to see happen <laughs> to him. <laughs> yeah, no, um, they weren't too disappointed about it, that's for sure. Like, and he and he played terribly, and and, yeah. and there's just you know I hate the term basketball IQ, but there is definitely no what about sort basketball of EQ. Yeah, nobody has emotional intelligence. Yeah, um, but it just, you know, his shot making and decision making and all that sort of stuff are just not there. Like yeah. he's, I decide where he should be looking at a guy who, and I mean, Steph is not the best example about, you know, percentage plays when he pulls up from 35 feet or whatever like that. But I guess if you're going to make 40% of them, then phew, why the hell not? You know, at the moment, I think Jordan Poole's making about 18% of them. And and just stupid stupid shots and you know even you know for every one good thing there's five turnovers and the, and the loosest handle you know that even Boston looks at and goes damn that's a loose handle kind of thing and people are still saying you know the Warriors are now well I just don't think they're the presumptive favourites because there's a little side called Denver um, yes up there. and everybody has to solve the issue and and and, and everybody is desperately trying to it's kind of uh, return of the day of the dawn of the zombie big men as every team in the west sort of scrabbles to find some large human they can put on the roster to be their nominal Jokic stopper I mean they're talking about Dwight yeah. Howard getting a run again coming back from yeah. fucking Shanghai they're talking about DeMarcus Cousins getting a run you know there's, there's, every team in the west is going to have to find some dude they only use for the games against Jokic, five v four and everything much. except uh, on the rim, rim protecting, and which is fine because he'll take the mid range or the three point shot. Yeah, you cannot you cannot that. stop him. You can only hope to contain him, and you can't even do that because there are no containers large enough. The only thing that they can probably do is focus their efforts on shutting down Jamal Murray, and that's quite difficult. That's not working that well either. Yeah, it's but- going to get more difficult, I'd say, because he will only be emboldened by. What he's just done and the belief that comes from that. And I'm not. Sh- I'm sure there was plenty of belief there before, but fuck me, it's it's a thing now. Yeah. The, the scary thing about the draft and like you know that these seven foot four or seven foot five, whichever whichever one you actually read, um, they were saying both on the broadcast. Seven and, fuck, and a half. That's feet tall. tall. Fuck, that's tall. <laughs> like he was standing next to some genuine ex-NBA players and all that sort of stuff. They're going, holy shit. That guy looks like a fucking midget. You know, I, I, I can't wait for the interview with Doris on the sidelines <laughs> just to see what the how wide a shot it needs to be. <laughs> she needs a, a fucking stepladder. It is- well, it won't be a stepladder. It'll be a full-on, you know, Bailey extension probably. No, It'll, she'll uh- just get the boom mic and just hold one end of it and just <laughs> ridge it up there. But yeah, it's, it's really tall. And you, and you forget how tall it is. I did look in the, in the top. You know, in the first round, there's only one other seven footer in there. I think one guy at seven yeah. one or something like that. There's a dude with a seven seven wingspan, which, oh, which makes you think he's fucking knuckles must be dragging on the ground as he walks around. I mean, that's that's and everything, preposterous. And, and everything else. Well, comes out yeah, there, but- that's not my problem. Um, but 
But what's the Wemby's? He's an eight-foot wingspan, isn't uh, he? Like, I don't know how you play basketball against that. that. That's kind of a, you know, we need to make the court big kind of territory. Well, let's see. Um, I mean, I how bet- athletic is he? You know, we, we, we chuck him in the dunk contest and finally get uh, beyond the three-point line or something like that. Oh, look, I, I did see a, a highlight from the, the French League where he, he shot a three and then uh, Tipped his own pretty rebound, much dunked he? his own rebound <laughs> with, like, one step. And it's like, well, what do you even do with that? I remember when they were showing highlights of Porzingis doing that, though. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. well, and coming to Porzingis is that um, Boston traded for Porzingis. They sent Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies mm. sent Tyus Jones, their backup point guard, to Washington, who have now have three backup point guards competing <laughs> to be the starting point guard. They're going to and- be horrible. Yeah, look, I, I understand the logic of of Porzingis because he did have a good year in, in Washington, mm. like, and yeah. they say sneaky good under the radar. And here's why he had a good year, and here's why it was under the radar. The Wizards were shit. Yes, they were horrific. Like, it's not hard. To, it's not hard for these guys to be good on a shit team, mind you. He obviously, you know, he shot good percentages and all that sort of stuff. So I mean, all power to him. I, I you know, he probably deserves to land somewhere where he's actually useful and hopefully injury free and yep. you know plays well and That's been it's as good a place as any. Whether he gets as much organisation in the offense as he would probably like, don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's a bit tricky because I mean Tatum and Brown, it tends to be pretty, you know, make it up as you go along freelance kind of areas. What's interesting is that is that. I mean, the, the Celtics didn't want to get off smart. They wanted to. They wanted to trade Brogdon. There was originally a mm. trade lined up with Brogdon, and Brogdon's failed the physical because of an arm condition or an arm injury, ligament in his elbow, I think it was, or in his shoulder. But you sort of look at it that the biggest problem with with Boston was that they had no institutional fucking backbone. They just shat the bed and people were all backbiting and pointing at each other and, and all the rest of that sort of stuff. And Marcus Smart came out and said, we need to do X and Y and Z. And then they would, they would not do those things and lose. So it's almost like it's a bit of a moratorium on Marcus Smart's ability as a leader to, to pull a locker room together that they flicked him out the door. I'm not mm-hmm. saying Boris will be better than, better, but it's interesting that they did that. And he's, Marcus Smart is going to a locker room that needs that kind of leadership because they've got, you know, Ja Morant out for, for two weeks. He's essentially replacing Dylan Brooks. Who was who had that a kind of that role? Mark Dylan Brooks is kind of the Aldi brand Marcus Smart, I suppose. Um, they both the, yeah. their, their shooting the, stats are remarkably similar uh, in terms of their percentages. The so pay um, less, uh, pay less Draymond Green as well. Much, uh, it's interesting that that they were. It's like he's been given the gig of 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 kind of fitting into that sort of role, but I really, I'm really not super convinced that it's going to work. That he's been described as the most grizzly. The Grizzlies-like player that's never played for the Grizzlies, but I'm less convinced that's actually going to work. Yeah, and they, you know, and they, sometimes I see you see people saying, "Oh, poor poor Zingas, you know, has had a good year on defense as well." I'm like, Marcus Smart was the defensive player of the year, fucking a, a year, year but, ago, but he wasn't really. He, but he was crying. No, he, he got it was, voted that it, was but in reality, it was yeah. it was because they wanted to give it to one of the other Celtics players, and and dude got injured, and they just said, well, "We have to." It was almost essentially you, you can see that like a team award. Yes, you know, it was like it was like the year that. Um, I think there was one year when, when uh, Bud was coaching the Hawks. The Hawks were really good in the regular season. The entire starting lineup won Player of the Month, um, which it seemed like a ridiculous cop out. But it was like, well, they're playing so well, we want to, we want to fucking celebrate well, 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 this. Well, well, but yeah. but none of them are like, you know, none of them are headline. 
So, so what's the sh- what's the, the the big stupid move in free agency? Do you think? Because there's going to be some. Because there's obviously well, the, the, a whole bunch of very delusional teams out there that think this year is the year. And well, the delusional I mean, teams are usually at the top of the draft, and you look at well, the Spurs are pretty comfortable because they they do what they're going to do. They're, they're going to be in a process. They'll they'll just move forward. For better or worse, Charlotte are happy with what they did. Portland are interesting though because. <sighs> They're in a kind of a will they won't they with with dames hashtag they, free dame and they have two pathways do they reload with veterans or rebuild with the younguns they have a re- and they have a really good roster of younguns and they have a couple of re- they have dame and Jeremy Grant and and you know one or two others who would be really useful to, to and and they can't kind of do both it's a bit like the mm. a bit like a, like a, Warriors, a cheap shitty version like, like a fucking two dollar shop version of the um, the Warriors situation where they were trying to win now and win forever. With, with their veterans and with Kaminga and um, mm. Moses Moody and Wiseman and that. And that, that obviously, that hasn't worked out at all. Gonskis, yeah. I mean, and, but you can still say, I mean, what, they, they, they took a couple of 27 and 30 picks, didn't they, as well, the Warriors? And that, that, that's kind of their head. Oh, I'm, I'm not too uh, concerned about the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors have yeah. essentially said, right, we're going to focus on the win now because we have to win now. And then we can worry about the win later at some other stage. You know, let it be. Well, they push themselves back into that three, four, five, six kind yeah. of you know place again. You know, that's that's probably where they they want to be. Maybe. Oh, well, it, it doesn't really matter where you finish. I think the, the Miami have proven that it doesn't matter where you finish. You can you can win your way through um, if you're confident. As long as you can take out that one seed, then everything's yeah. Uh, you know, as long as you're playing well easy, enough. It? Well, it depends. It kind of depends on on whether you know. I mean, I wouldn't have said that that Milwaukee were necessarily, a, you know, a glass jaw, but you, if you've got a, a one seed who who you don't think is a particularly, you know, scary prospect, uh, then you can be confident. A team like the Warriors could very, you know, could you could see them running the table from eighth, whereas a team like the Clippers, you'd have your doubts about. But going back to Portland, Portland were hoping to get Scoot or have the opportunity to draft Scoot at three because that was the guy who other teams. Who have stuff was interested. Well, they were much more interested in Scoot than in Brandon Miller. So by drafting Scoot, they have they have a lot more options open to them in terms of whether they trade Scoot for veteran help for Dame or they trade Dame for young assets to put around Scoot and Anthony Simons and uh, and Shaden Sharp and and, and that generation. Go the go whole process. Go the well, not not quite full process because that team would be competitive ish. Pretty soon, like they're probably mm. like Shaden Sharp and Anthony Simons are probably only a year away from being Real genuine good. contributors. And Scoot looked like he was a pretty much a finished article, so they could certainly scare. Uh, you know, they would be they would be a play, good, playing material. Kind yeah, of play thing. a decent. They'd be a playing team. You got to figure that there were a lot of teams that that have seen the seen Denver and just gone, well, fuck it, we'll we'll, we'll come back in a couple of years. Yeah, that's right. I mean, this, I mean, this, this shit just Spurs, Spurs are in that position. I mean, Houston are in that position. I'll be fucked mm. if OKC ever stop stop fucking tanking. It just doesn't ever, ever seem like they're actually ever going to stop tanking. It all depends how they start. I think, like, if, if they can get off to a good start, then maybe they might. They go, started well last year, and then they just sort of faded out. I mean, they they were they were in the play in. And then they, yeah, yeah well, that's right. Yeah. So, but they yeah. might be better for that run too. I think, and you know, that kind of shows them we're kind of close, but we're not really. You know, yeah. But they, but they had it. But they've they've been there. They've done the reps, and they go, okay, we know where the standard for that sort of lies. And you know, and who knows? You, they are, they are in the exact same position as what Miami were in, except Miami won it. So yeah, and look what look what you can do. 
and, and the mediocrity not- in that kind of play in bottom of the bottom of the playoffs kind of space is such that you can afford to really cruise and just turn mm. and pick your spots and in uh, Miami whether they intended to do that or whether they just ended up doing it by accident uh were very much that and the and the Lakers too they were more because they were terrible the first half of the season because because yeah. they were a different team to the team that, that they had after the trade deadline and that team they had after the deadline was actually really good. No, that's right. And they'll be they'll be a much better side off the rip next year. Oh well, game. I would have thought you'd get that team. I mean, there was yeah. one famous year where Miami, this was in their dark years, uh, when they had like Dion Waiters and and Hassan Whiteside. They went something like like for the first half of the season, they were like twenty games below five hundred. And then oh. for the second half of the season, they were twenty games above five hundred with pretty much the same roster. Yeah, and everyone thought, well, they're going to be like that for the second half of the year. But the problem is that then they they just yeah, yeah if, if Austin Reeves is still there and Rye and all that. Uh, sort of statistically, stuff. you're more likely to to kind of slip to being what you were at the start of the previous season, and that's exactly what happened with with the Heat. But with the Lakers in this situation, they're a different team structurally. They have different players on them, so you know I think they're much more likely to to be that team from the second half of last year if they hang on to their dudes. I think that's going to be the real issue, and we're going to find that out in a week or so because the when free agency goes through. Yeah. Um, I suppose we need to um, – the real MVP uh, of, of the week is Bradley Beal's manager because Bradley Beal got a 15% trade kicker when he, he got moved to to Phoenix and he still has his no-trade clause. So if it goes tits up in Phoenix, he, he, can, he gets to dictate where he goes. Yeah, I'm not convinced Beal, KD and Booker is palpably better than CP3. Mm-hmm. And, and those those dudes, but it really depends uh, on what that, they Only do. he stays on the court longer, you would think. Like Possibly, that's... although Brad Bill's had some issues. He, that's right. You know, I don't think at his peak is as good as Chris Paul's peak, but Chris Paul's peak was 15 years ago. Uh, it really depends what they get for DeAndre Ayton. Oh, he's gone. He's can't. They can't keep him. Like I mean, yeah, but they need to turn him into you know two or three. Two or Functional three who's pieces. out there, I guess. And like they said, you, you take the free agency list and you look and you go, right, yeah, we'll have him, him and him. And, yeah. you know, and you also trade. And, and also what they're going to do is, because of the cap spike that's coming, what they're going to do is they're going to overpay to retain some of the, like the Jock Londales and guys like that who are on their squad mm-hmm. who, you know, who they want to retain, partly because, you know, they overpay them, they, they retain them, but also because that makes yeah. them better trade chips. In the future, because then you can trade them for somebody who's worth as much as them. And your um, Lloyd so George got, news, Lloyd George was my agent in the uh, Bradley Beal case, wasn't it? Isn't he the? Isn't his uncle or his cousin or something? Oh the, yes, with Phoenix. <laughs> Lloyd George was my father. That's a that's a fucking obscure reference, man. It's oh. like a Monty, Monty Python election night album. From I think the it was, the, 60s. was it the, the Goons or yeah, that's right. Yes. It was. It was. It was the Goons, but not as the Goons. <laughs> so how to how to win an election or not lose it by much? Uh, singing Lloyd George knew my father. I think Lloyd George was like a early figure in the in the British Conservative Party. Um, <laughs> to the to the tune of onward Christian soldiers. Yeah. That's that's a fucking yeah. modern reference. That's really getting the kids in. I think that's enough. That's enough basketball. We need to get on to gloating about the fact England lost the first Ashes test. No, no, I, w- I won't hear a fucking. England won. 
Yes, it, it was. was a it was a, it was a moral victory. Moral victories don't get you World Test Championship points, but that's that's you know the we'll have to talk to the ICC about fixing that. Well, they lost. They both lost World Championship points anyway because of their fucking yes, slow the, over rates. That's a, yeah, the, the the thing that kept Australia out of the fucking final last time. Yeah, yeah, it's two steps forwards and one step back. But, I mean, know. Baz Baz does have a point. I mean, he, we do have to say thanks to him f- oh. for the way they played the game, which did give Australia the chance to win the Test match when it probably would have got rained yeah, out. Yeah, look, oh look, it's it's great. And it will work. You know, it will work somewhere. There is a three for 600 in a day and a half somewhere in amongst here, and they will roll us for 85 and we'll get done by an innings and. And then everybody will go, see, we told you baseball was great. And we're like, I, I always thought it was fine. It's great. But I hope it happens. The best thing is, is it happens in like the fifth test after they've already failed. Yeah, the fourth yeah. test, they're fine. Yeah, that's right. When when Gary Lyon gets so drunk, he can't actually yeah. see the other end of the pitch. And notice I'm calling him Gary because, so, because actually he should be called Nathan. I always... I've long been of the opinion. Well, you're that not calling him Ross, should, at least. Yeah, that's right. No, that they should actually be calling Gary Lyon Nathan, as opposed to calling Nathan Lyon Gary, because Nathan Lyon is the far superior um, sports person. Shouldn't they just start a Lions club? <laughs> I think it's been done. They start a Rotary club and all by Mazda's. No, look, it was it was awesome, and the, and the funny thing was that you know my prediction of Smith and Labuschagne grinding the shit out of of England didn't happen at all. They did fuck all basically, yeah. and it was Travis Head um, doing violence. It was Uzi doing Uzi things. It was 512 balls, including a, a marvellous count in the first innings, about 360 balls, I think it was. Man's but, averaging 65 since they yeah. made him an open. And, if you, and the, the thing with him is- Fucking hell. He is. He, and the thing is that, I mean, Davey Dum Dum is getting a lot of, you know, a lot of people saying, oh, he's fucking old. He's going to have to retire. Yeah, he's no. old. He's going to have to retire. No. Well, he's like a year younger, but he's getting none of this. Yes. Probably <laughs> because he's not performatively saying, well, I would like to retire on the 27th of January in 2024 on a sunny day and I can raise my bat and everyone will say, yay, Davey Dum Dum, we forgive you for the sandpapers. If he, I mean. If he doesn't get another 200 lords, he might be getting that tap on the shoulder a little bit sooner than anything because my god that 200 is a monstrous outlier like it would not be included in the statistical set of any decent no, scientific you would, argument really you would drop that one out yeah yeah <laughs> and the, the problem is that, that Davy can only play in test matches where, where I was going to say Chris Broad <laughs> where Stuart Broad doesn't yes. play because he's getting caught. I'm, I'm sure he's got, uh, hey, look. Or maybe he? even Chris Broad, you know. You should have a Chris Broad tribute by <laughs> smashing your stumps down with his bat. That's my prevailing yeah. memory of Chris Broad was, was like smashing your stumps down with his bat after he got out for 100 and something. Mm. And then he became an ICC match referee. Yeah. And I just thought, that's poacher turned gamekeeper territory. Like, I mean, do as I say, not as yeah, I do. That's right, yeah. Um, um, but no, look, there are there are signs that England could do, you know, amazing things and all that, although they did, you know, Stokes Well, they're certainly doing astonishing things like picking a dude to bowl 900 overs of, of finger spin who hadn't played a test match since the Trump presidency. And was basically spinning it with his bone, yeah. which I think may actually be an advantage. But uh, and, and then got fined yeah. a bag of his fucking of his match fee because he was trying to basically try to spray it with anything that would stop it from bleeding. Which, uh, they then asked Nathan Lyon, "How do you do it?" And he said, "Oh, <laughs> what do I do in my hotel room? It's my own business." And I'm like, "Ew, ew, don't want to know." Well, are accused of pissing on their fingers to, to toughen up the skin, which doesn't work. It's not yeah. like you can. T- I mean, I suppose the theory is like that. You know, they use a lot of urea in old-fashioned tanning, but that doesn't really work with 
live epidermis. Mind um, you, my first music teacher who was a tyrant um, I made me run. A music teacher who was a tyrant? That seems completely, oh, I, don't, I can't believe it was allowed in the industry. Well, my second one. Next you're going to tell me dr- dance teachers are dragons. Oh, my second one was a nun, so that went a little bit better. But Oh, because yeah, nuns are, are renowned for being gentle. <laughs> yeah, well, and- no, well, this one was, thankfully. She's still, she's still going, but- uh, no, he used to make me rub olive oil in the webbings of my fingers as like a three, four, five-year-old to get them to stretch. Yeah, this sounds this sounds like the sort of stuff that the various members of the Catholic Church should be uh, asked <laughs> questions about. Proceed. No, it worked. It worked. It's uh, like I have quite a good stretch now, like a very wide stretch and, and nimble fingers, which has probably been only deteriorated by holding onto various starters yes. or joysticks over my formative years. <laughs> Tattoos and all that sort of stuff. Well, it's, they weren't particularly ergonomic, the old star cursor. It was basically a, a plastic brick. Yes, oh, you, you can certainly pitch it at a wall when you when you, when you lost the sensible soccer World Cup final. Yeah, but you, by God, you could swerve a ball with them. Welcome back to this week in, in Amiga Gaming. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a theory that we really need to turn to the hero of the week. You know, if we said last week that, that Nikola Jokic was, was the Jacinta Ardern of the week for, you know, deciding that, fuck this, I've had enough of this shit job, I'm leaving. Uh, I'm not turning up to your parade. I'm just, just going to fuck off. Uh, this week's this week's Jacinta Ardern is Patrick Cummins. Yes. For being, you know, the entire world was saying, Pat Cummins, what a dude, what a hero. You know, won the game uh, with the like ball in the back, always smiling, plays the game the right way, is a superhero, and yet there's all these girding right-wing bunches at yeah. home going, fucking fucking Alinta, fucking coal mining, fucking woke. He's woke. Oh, woke. And everybody's, yeah, all these people going, oh, what a great guy, what a great captain. We're sitting here going, yeah, that's what we said. That's why he's the fucking captain. Like, as a, again, you know, 200, 250 test wickets in fuck all time yeah. at 21. That's what we like. Yeah. You know, that tends to be what, you know. And uh, relatively chanceless fucking. Uh, actually, when I was, I watched the final day, I watched every ball of the final day, but I already knew the result uh, just because of the mm. nature, nature of timing. And it was odd how calm and chanceless. Uh, the final partnership actually felt. Yes. You know, it was like, this should be tense, but I'm like, apart from the, the Stokes drop, it was like, this is this is fine. We know what we're doing. And apparently I read something today. There's a good article in the Herald basically saying, here's the approach like Australia took from way back. Like they had five or six options for every different batsman and all this sort of stuff and different things. And so much so they actually didn't apparently talk about the World Test game until the week of it because they pretty much knew what India were going to do and how they do it. That's what they did and that's exactly how it turned out. But part of that was that um, Uzi apparently, as he got out, said to Cummins or to Lyon or one of them, he said, it's very slow. You're actually probably going to get more success to hit it over them than hit it through them. Like, don't, you won't, it'll be hard to keep the ball on the ground. So, so just go, you know, go for it. There's more. Punch through the line, go over the infield. Yeah. Because it's holding up. That's exactly what he did. Like those three sixes he hit, you know, and it was just like, well, okay. That's, and and because I I did the same thing. I watched the last two hours. I, I, because I woke up. Yeah, I think it happened about four thirty in the morning. I mean, there were there were finally five hours of play, I think, because the the first yeah. session was rained out entirely, and they had an extended after break. It being two hours late, I've got a first ball is usually at ten o'clock, and yeah. they're like, we're and not we're not playing until like reckon, we're not yeah. playing till like twelve thirty. I'm like, oh, I think I'll I think I'll find out how this found out in the morning. Yeah, I, I have I'm going with a theory so far this year, and it's working for me that if I go to bed when Travis Head's batting, everything works out in the end. And so far, it's it's proven me right. Even when Travis Head doesn't make runs, 
as long as I go to bed when Travis Head is batting, yeah. everything is good. So when, 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 yeah, the, so head, when the head hits the pitch, the head hits the pillow, and then everything <laughs> else, everything else figures itself check, out. That's check quick info at six in the morning and look and go. Yeah. Yeah, four for three eighteen. You fucking beauty. Let's keep going. Totally. Or you know, oh yes, when I saw the eight for in front of our score, I went, oh you beauty. We stuffed them, and we sure did yeah. stuff them. Uh, um, I just, but I think I just looked looked at quick info on there. I'm like eight for two eighty two. That means we won. <laughs> Like oh, Australia wins by two wickets. I'm like, yeah, close enough to give them the shits. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and, then, um, and then you realise, and you look back and go, but holy! But they made all the running. They made all the running, Adam. Yeah, yeah. That's what I heard. Apart from the fact that this is, a, as somebody pointed out on Twitter, this is a sport in which you know who made all the running because they literally count every time you do running. Yes. <laughs> At any point, you know how many runnings people have done, and England are not in front. Well, no, they were in front for a small. They were in front by seven runs. Well, yeah, when they batted, they were in seven, front. Seven runs. That's how far they were in front by. Yeah. It's just, After it's, the first innings, they were in I front by seven. I just love the delusion. I mean, they, as you say, they may well win. You know, they may well win the series. They may well come back and speak. But it's just they've got this massive drinking of the Kool-Aid thing where Ollie Robinson is coming out with some absolute fucking nonsense. Mm. Oh, it's it's not good. Zach and- Crawley has come out and said, oh, you know, the, the Lord's pitch will be much better. They all probably win by, I don't know, 150 runs. I'm like, that's yeah. the sort of shit Glenn McGraw would have done. But Glenn McGrath's been retired for twenty years. It's also the fact that if he, if they get any sort of pitch that looks like it's got any life or any sort of sideways swing or movement, Zach Crawley is not going to score a fucking run. No, Zach Crawley's <laughs> gonna, not, not going to be making any of those runs. The only person who who didn't get the memo, the PR cliff notes, was Jimmy Anderson, who says. Another one of these pitches, and I'm retiring. This yeah. is bullshit. I can't do anything with this. Yeah. I'm too old for this shit. Absolutely, pretty much. He, he said um, he felt like it was running uphill, and I said, "Well, you're going to be playing at Lords, Lords. next, so you might have that. You're probably ever going to be going across the hill at least." Look, so and look, look, credit to where credit's due. Stuart Broad played well. Joe Root played well. Although I would also argue he probably led to their downfall. He's not because, as washed as we said he was. Well, no. I mean, it was only. His, his century only came about because he was saved by a poofteenth of fucking glove on, from Nathan Lyon. That was just. I was interested to see where that sentence was going. <laughs> yeah, was the wrong wrong thing that we'll, we'll keep going. Something I don't know about somebody on the either no. of these teams. But you know, so I mean, it, it's a, it is definitely a game of inches. Cricket always is. You know, if, if Stokes takes the catch, then they win. If you know, if they don't, but uh, not again- necessarily. I mean, one of Australia's twenty-seven. Number eleven, might have still won the game. I know Josh Hazelwood wasn't looking, wasn't looking fun. He wasn't looking like he no. was having a good time. He was just like, "Well, Gary, I will buy you all of the beers again if you just stay the fuck out there." And he stayed the fuck out there. And presumably, Boland's one of those number 11s. The guy who went in as, yeah. as Night Watchman or well, Night Hawk, as they call it in England. He's averaging fuck four off. before that. He wasn't. Yeah. yeah, he he was. You know, the fact that they bat him ahead of Josh Hazelwood says nothing. Like, I think actually. Flatters bowls more and then he great. Or, we did he in should, the second thing, yeah. He should, like, they should put him up the order because I think it gives him confidence. Yeah. And in, in, in that Cameron Green kind of way, I think, is that, yeah, the Cameron Green looks way better when he's playing like Travis Head and not playing like um, Steve Smith. Like, you know, all, ironically, just, Australia needs to play more like play more baseball than England does. Well, like, except the fact that they just, they just won by not playing like baseball, I guess. Yeah. But no, well, know, no, they I didn't understand. win. We've established this. No, sorry. So get that. Stop, stop thinking of that that very linear fucking transactional, you know, runs and wickets way of seeing who won a game. It's vibes, man. I just, I, and I can't help myself on Twitter. You know, they, they. What do you think? Uh, 
what what do you think the main reason that England lost the Test match was? What can they do next time to ensure it doesn't happen? And like score take, more runs than the other take guys. Two more wickets. <laughs> yeah, score more runs. That's that's how it pretty much works. Yeah. With quick info gives me the shits that their Twitter account because mm. it, a it's everything is about India and the stuff that isn't it's just it's asinine fucking attempts to get engagement and like and they have like fill in the blank Steve Smith will score blank this yes. innings and of course I, I wrote runs. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, I did fill in one of those things yesterday and I was very, I was just out by one. It was like Elise Perry will score 100 runs and I went, absolutely. Oh, and no, she, but she's a disappointment to everybody because she didn't get 100. She only got 99. 99. And I, I often think about that as like- well, I'd, I'd sign up to get 99 and or 49 in every second innings. I'd, I'd be yeah, happy with that. If you, can, if you can get 99 in every innings that you play and then maybe just tick it over to oh, 100. Don't be greedy. 49 would be fine. I mean, 49. No, I was just going to say, if you get 99 every time you play and maybe put a nod out on the end of uh, one of those at the end. You're Don Bradman. Um, you, you, you don't have 25 test centuries, but you are better than Don Bradman. Yes. So, well, also yeah, because you're not that. a cunt, which is probably, you know, the main reason you're, well, I'm assuming. <laughs> maybe you are well, a well, cunt. Maybe you, you are. Imagine, imagine how angry you'd be after you got out for 99 55 times in test. Well, but, but if you knew you were always going to get out for 99, you know, yeah. you could- you could save a test match by bat. Even if, even if you, you know, halving it, say you always knew you were going to get out for 49. You're like, well, I know I can get out for 49, so I'm going to bat really slowly and I'm going to save this test match because, you know, I, I know that I'm not going to get out as long as I don't score 49 runs. It's like when Smudge was averaging 60. You try to, you try to get leg buys and stuff so that you don't get you don't get credited for yeah. it. Yeah, it was like when Smudge was scoring, averaging 65, and it's like, oh, oh, Steve Smith doesn't make his century. He only he only got 78 today. And it's like, still made his average, mate. Yep. Not many other people in the side can say that. Still made his average, and it's fucking huge. There, there's going to be some real anger from Smith and Labashane somewhere along the way too. Like, they're just not that kind of personality that will not what happened in that test will not sit well on and I, i'm assuming that steve smith has set the, the fast bowling machine to mega out swinger and is facing the fifteen thousandth ball of of the week or something like it's yeah. it's going to be that kind of levels of obsession and i for one welcome our new overlords but it's it's coming like it's really coming yeah. somewhere along the way whether it's going to be very ugly and suddenly basball will look very well, England's bowling attack will look like what it actually is, which is pretty ordinary. A bunch of old dudes and a bunch of ordinary dudes. Yeah. yeah. My question is, why do all the England women cricketers look like? They don't look like they'd be much fun. Yeah. Whereas the Australians all look like they've been out in the, out to the beach recently, and they they look like they'd be fun. They'd be fun to hang I out. I guess with. they have to. One lives in Australia, and one lives in bloody England or, or something like that. And anytime they don't get the tour as much, you know, they don't get to go That's to the West true. Indies or to. They, they look. They look short uh, of short of a, a day at the beach. The English. The English women and and they're um. And they're they're about to um they're about to give up four hundred runs to Australia, which is oh yes, is um what's her name Annabelle Sutherland got the ton yet? I think she was half century. Uh, Eighty seven. As we speak, this is this oh, is your no. timestamp. Ooh, ooh. ooh eighty seven, eighty seven. When was the last time someone got out on eighty seven? It was probably the last time like- fucking Ian Chappell was on commentary because he's the only person <laughs> who ever gave a shit about that stuff. Yeah. Um, the, the comment I did like, uh, and even I think it was from Issa Gua, who's, you know, who was commentating yesterday and thing. I, I was insanely disappointed when I, when I got off the pod and found out that only nine was broadcasting the ashes because, hey, we don't get, um, Issa Gua and instead we get, um, this sort of weird amalgam of half not there, there. Oh, no, what, it, no, what it is, is it's, the, it's what you're getting, I think, is, is the Sky Sport. The world feed. Com- or the, no, it's yeah. just the Sky Sport feed, but there are, 
there have been nine people sprinkled in, like lent to them, and those nine yeah, people yeah. host the ins and outs at the you know in the breaks of play. Because yeah. I, I th- but anyway, she was but at the ashes like the women's ashes yesterday, as Sophie Eccleston bowled her fifteenth maiden in a row or whatever like that. They were basically saying you know Sophie Eccleston's bowled thirty seven overs of the yeah. hundred odd that have been bowled. Like she has yeah. bowled more than a third of this innings. And that's what was the suggestion that when Jack Leach went down, they looked for the next best spin bowler in, in England, and it was probably her. And probably not far. I was watching. She bowls at eighty kilometres an hour. Tick. Uh, she turns the ball and beats the bat. Tick. It's not the stupidest I idea mean, in the world. A, a, a spin bowler. There's no reason a woman, a female spin bowler, couldn't be as good as a male spin bowler because it doesn't depend on fucking athletic aerobic yeah. capacity. I mean, you don't have to be like a Pat Cummins or a fucking Mitchell Stark, you know, Mitchell Stark, or, Stark or yeah, or a yeah. You don't have to be a, a fucking uh, a muscle bound dude who can run in at full pace and, and bowl at one fifty. You don't have to be Lockie Ferguson. Um, and perhaps yeah. I mean, and the problem is, that, of course, that you know the first time that. You know, or the, the maybe the tenth time that Usman Khawaja takes it down the ground, or something like that, and you know it goes for six, and then he goes, oh, yeah. they bloated in the bloke who hadn't bowled for two years, who, who bitting finger doesn't exist anymore. His finger exploded like a fucking <laughs> like a homemade submarine. Too soon. It's it's not the stu- It's not the worst idea in the world. What is the what would be the the worst feeling in the world? However, would be one of the many spin bowlers sitting in county cricket going, I can spin the ball too, you know. Um, like, well, if you could, you'd be here. I mean, yeah, they must be pretty bad. Or they aren't in Ben Stokes's phone, so he can text them. Ashes? Question mark. Lol. Lol. <sighs> yeah, lol, indeed. Anyway, commiserations to your um, was it your grandfather-in-law or your father-in-law who who? I have yeah, no grand grandfather-in-law. I haven't spoken to him yet. Must um, be absolutely inconsolable with Pat, Pat Cummins, you know, succeeding. Um, so that's really bad. I feel, I feel bad for for that yeah, generation he, of he he, he he hates it for non working reasons. I'm not sure what it is. I, I I don't know what what it is. Oh, okay. So it's not it's not because of solidarity with the coal miners. No, no, he's a labour man. Yeah, he's uh oh, is he just he's just too pretty, or was it? Oh, it was the defiance of authority seems to be the thing that they have the biggest issue. I think with. it's a bit. Of, I think it's a pretty thing actually. I think, and I think he doesn't <laughs> like the fact. I think I think he thinks that you know he's he sort of usurped the spot that Steve Smith should. That should, uh, you know, he's he's just the filling captain kind of yeah, thing. Steve so. Smith usurped himself, and and Steve Smith is yeah, he he's a bit he really too. Pl- You'll play yourself. Steve Smith <laughs> is too spectrum to be a captain, unfortunately. He's just not. Yeah, he's, he's very. He, he's a lone genius who you know is great to have there, but can't be leading people. Could you? Need no, he can, but he can whisper sweet nothings into Pat's ear and go, you know, makes a fantastic two IC because he can be the brains without having to do any of the public facing shit. He can't. He doesn't need to do the HR. That's right. No, he doesn't do the HR. He doesn't have to do the motivation. He doesn't have to do the relating to people, which is all stuff that people who are lone geniuses are terrible at. You know, Wally Lewis on the roof of, of Seagull Stadium shouting shouting at people kind of areas, as we always bring up on this podcast. Diego Maradona trying to fucking coach. Um, lone geniuses are usually terrible at, at the relating kind of and the explaining stuff. Pat Cummins appears to be good at that sort of stuff. So uh, it, it seems like a good system. Hey, it's really weird that they forgot to have a state of origin this year. Did, uh, no, we they did have a state of origin. It, it happened exactly as it always no, has. No, 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 they, they didn't. I haven't heard anything about it. And it's weird how that rugby league just decided that the AFL way was the best approach. Um, <laughs> to, not to hold it at all. But, you know, I'm sure it'll be missed by somebody. Anyway, <laughs> can I can I, I I did watch a, a half of what masqueraded as a game of football, which only one place side played. Ruin my fucking bit, why don't you? No, yeah, go I, on. no, no, because I would just say that it, it just emphasises to me what I've always said. Whenever people say about it, I just say, look, New South Wales 
can't win origin. Can't. New South Wales is the Washington Generals of origin. They are yeah. there to lose. That's the yeah, point of them. That's exactly right. And I say, if I expect that, then, okay, then occasionally, yeah. and I will say very fucking occasionally, occasionally I'm surprised. I'm never disappointed, however, because New South Wales losing origin is just situation fucking normal. Like, and that's the way it's always going to be. I can't see how we get out of that short of, I, I don't know how. Like, I just don't know how. You follow Freddie Fittler. I'm, I'm beyond caring. I'm beyond caring, honestly. Well, the funny like, thing is that there's a generation of kids who've grown up with New South Wales as the underdog, yes. which is really weird because in, in New Zealand, people adopt one of the state's and, you know, state of origin is huge over here. I think I think they'd be well mm. served to take because they, they seem to have like one state of origin that they they're willing to yeah, give to. Adelaide, and, and fucking, Adelaide yeah. at the moment, it's been in Perth in the past. It's been in Melbourne in the past. They could do a lot worse than put it to Auckland because it will be fucking whatever they play. It will be full. They'll oh, easily because full. half of, well, half of the players are fucking from over there anyway. Well, like, or they've got Australia being the country it is. You know, half of, they've got Dara, you know family from from one place to the other, particularly a lot of yeah, the Queenslanders. Some but, one, but- but a lot of them, you know, you hear a lot of this kind of thing. Oh, I support New South Wales because they're the underdogs. <laughs> These people who've started watching in the last fifteen years. I, I this like, was a year. Oh, that's a weird feeling. I did a photo thing, oh, probably about five, six years ago now, and you know, in the midst of the whole thing where you know, eleven in a row and all that sort of stuff. And I think it was only I, nine. Uh, it just felt like eleven. No, or oh, maybe it was eleven. It was, oh no, it was it was eleven. It was, it it was, was 10 11 from eleven because they yeah, won right. the, fo- the following year. But they were a bunch of. Under, there were, I went to the, the under-12 footy and asked them how many kids in that side had seen New South Wales win, and none of them had because, no, they were, yeah, it was probably our like nappies or something when it happened. Being born. Well, so, it, it, was, it was literally like mid. It was like 2005 or 2006 or something was their last yeah, year, didn't they? It was awful. And then the three preceding yeah. that, remember, anyway. we, we won three in a row. And that's why they stopped yeah, playing three. it. Well, yeah, we, and, and, and the chat was all, well, this is the end of origin. They need to stop it. It's a failed thing. We need to win. Maybe New Zealand, they should play New Zealand instead sort of stuff. Three in a row was all it took to get that sort of chat. And then suddenly <laughs> nine, and that was that's pretty much why it's, it's basically, you know, state of origin, all I hear is the fucking, the Harlem Globetrotters music yeah. from the old Saturday morning cartoon. I hate it, and I'm glad there's um, and I'm glad there's other sport on. I really actually I'm glad the women's ashes is on because I feel a real withdrawals to you know to that to the cricket. I just sit I sit at work and going It's like, really nicely timed, yeah, yeah. isn't it? I mean, because normally they have to have a bit of time off between the test matches and the idea of like the, the men's test match finishes and then pretty much the next day, women's test match. And Australia are going to beat the living piss out of out of England in it. And it's funny. Yes. Hilarious. And, and to be fair, the, the Australian women are doing a pretty kind of baseball-y kind of thing. They're batting it for and over uh, and doing acts of violence, which is hilarious. And there's all these bright-faced, smiley, happy, young, you know, girl cricketers from England who have come here to watch their heroes get absolutely carted. And that's funny because the English need to understand their place in the world. It is to be carted right. by their former, the former, <laughs> the countries that they colonised and tried to ruin and kill the indigenous people of. And I'm I'm just reading I'm just reading that uh, the Major League Baseball are having a London series uh, this weekend, and they are ask they've asked Jimmy Anderson and Nathan Lyon to throw out the first uh, the ceremonial first pitch, and I can Where tell are they you doing that, that? Uh, London Stadium, I suppose. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, because I'm uh, sure uh, they did that at the SCG in maybe in the last ten years, anyway. Let me let me just say that I'll be watching Jimmy Anderson and if his arm gets beyond fifteen fucking degrees, I'm reporting him to the ICC. That's uh, I'll, I'll be I worried that his fair. arm will come off. Yes, it'll just go. Woof. 
well, some of the argue he's been chucking them for years. But anyway. Well, I, well, I bring it back to Wemby. There was a Wemby throughout the first pitch at a, at a Yankees game because the draft was in was in New York. There was a photo of him holding a baseball, and it looks like you or me holding a fucking golf oh. ball. Tire <laughs> fist is closed around it. And it's like, what? What even? What it's even a, do we fucking do? What do you do with that? The man could probably hold a basketball with two fingers. It's an all and all the knuckles ball. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I for one welcome any Wimby overlords. Uh, this oh, was um, how have we managed to fill an hour of this shit? Um, this was Ball's podcast. I was uh, Doc. It was Adam. We might even ask him back next week. We'll see how we go. And. Uh, are you really happy to do this? And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Gary has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. Still doesn't know. Clear.